Hey friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're talking about envy, jealousy, and imposter syndrome. Earlier this year, I experienced envy on a scale I have never felt before. An envy that was like an all-consuming rage storm of jealousy. Just, it, it like blindsided me. In the past, I've had a complicated relationship with jealousy. I've felt twinges of, I want that. Why do they have that? And it would be so cool to be like that person someday. I've been on the opposite end of jealousy too. Been the person who somebody else has looked at and thought, they have it so easy. They're always succeeding. Why can't I have that? But this last summer, I had an experience that was way more intense than any social media imposter syndrome that's shown up for me in the past. And I wanted to talk about it. Before I get into the actual event, I I want to admit that I'm ashamed of this feeling. I don't I don't like feeling envious. I don't like feeling jealous. And it's hard to talk about and reveal to you, my friends and foes, that I feel this intensely sometimes. I'm a people pleaser, and I like to present myself as someone who doesn't have thoughts like this. It's a facade and doesn't really serve me anymore, hence why I'm recording this episode. I'm trying to overcome these feelings. I'm not going to name names here about the person I'm jealous of, but to give it some characterization, I'm going to use the example that Nicole Baker gave to me when I was working through this problem with her um, and call this artist Stacy. I feel like Stacy's such a good name of someone to be jealous of. It's just, there's something about it that's just like saucy and delicious. What a great name. <laughs> if your name is Stacy, I'm sorry that I'm jealous of you, but it's just the truth. When I first saw Stacy's work three years ago on Instagram, I was immediately struck by how skilled she was. Her work has super clean lines. It's exquisite color work really bold, well thought out imagery. It's narrative. It's interesting, very powerful stuff. Her work is just a knockout and I'm consistently impressed by her artwork. I think as a first like thought here, it's, it's often that the people I'm jealous of, the people I feel envy towards, I'm usually impressed by them. I'm usually like wowed by the work. And just when I see their artwork, I, I feel tremendous respect for that but also but also I want to be that you know <laughs> it's 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 an, it's a very complicated sort of feeling I was I was so drawn by her artwork that I've even bought some of her paintings before I have them framed and in my house and every time I look at them I love them more like they're they're really really good <laughs> so how did this like admiration of this artist turn into such a powerful envy in my brain. So much so that every time I see Stacy's artwork out there in the world, I feel a pulse of anger towards myself. I think in my brain, I had equated the uh, quote unquote level of her work as equivalent to mine when I first saw it on the internet a couple years ago. Stacy's work was affordable and was brilliant when I first saw it. She, she was having the same kinds of shows I was getting, she ran in similar circles, despite the fact that we make very different kinds of artwork. So, so here's the, the story. One, one day, during the many art shows that were happening in Seattle in the summer, there was a particularly big indie art show that seemed to pop up out of nowhere. I, I want to say, <laughs> say that I'm nervous of y'all figuring out who I'm talking about just by saying this, and I'm just going to keep going because if you figure it out, it's fine, but like, <laughs> it's not the point of this episode. 
So this like big indie art show happens and I hadn't heard about it at all. I hadn't seen any advertisements for it. I hadn't seen any sort of like uh, promotional material about it. It just like showed up and I, I didn't hear about it until I literally ran into the building. Like I turned a corner one day and it was in the middle of the summer and I was walking around with my mom and we were going to some like different events that were happening in downtown Seattle. And then boom, here's this enormous building with multiple floors of artwork. It was it was the kind of show that doesn't just like happen. This this would have taken months and months and months of preparation, a collaboration of getting sponsorships. This was this was like a pretty big deal and complicated to put on. This show took over multiple floors of one building. It featured not just emerging artists, but artists that were just, you know, hit it out of the ballpark, really amazing amazing people, amazing, amazing artists. And they all had major installations in the show. Really beautiful, thoughtful, sometimes political, inspiring installations. And on one of these floors was Stacy's work. Now, my mom and I didn't know that Stacy was going to be, my mom doesn't even know who Stacy is. <laughs> but we didn't know what this was. We just saw the entrance, entrance to it. And we were like, we should go look at this because it's cool. So we go in and I'm in a good mood. I'm seeing all this art and I'm like, wow, I don't know some of these artists. These are so cool. And like, they're all from like the Seattle area, at least the Pacific Northwest. And we go up to one of the floors and there's Stacy's work. And all my good mood about finding all these cool Seattle artists just like evaporated, screeched to a halt. I was like, <laughs> I was, I'm going to swear now. So if you don't want to hear that, I'm sorry. I was like, who the fuck don't I know that I haven't even heard of this show? Like, who am I not talking to to get into this show? What am I doing wrong that this show, which must have taken ages and ages and lots of people out of hard work to plan and orchestrate, completely passed me by? Like, I hadn't even heard about any of this. I was like, am I not good enough that several people who I know that are in this show did even consider, consider like, asking me to be a part of it or like telling me about it. My gosh, my my brain was, I was pissed. One, I was like, I was super mad. I'm smiling now because I'm recording this episode and it's been half a year later. But I was, I was so in my head and I was so like angry. Like I was seeing red. I was like, why, why am I not good enough to be in something like this? Gosh, I was just in such a rage. I could like feel it in my skin. It was prickling. I was pissed and I've never been so mad at myself being in a space that was supposed to be a celebration. So then <laughs> to even further the hurt I was giving towards myself, self-imposed, I set myself up for more failure. I went to Stacy's Instagram page and then I liked a bunch of her posts. And then I took pictures of all the art I saw and I put it in my stories and I talked about how cool the show was. And then the algorithm was like, oh, you like this content. I want to show you more. So then even when I left the show feeling angry at myself, I was getting bombarded by pictures of the show because I was telling the internet that I was interested. <laughs> it was just like a vicious cycle of just hating <laughs> But also like, here, give it more attention. Later, when I was talking about this experience with my coach, she told me that that's imposter syndrome, Stephanie. 
And I, I think it took until then to understand what imposter syndrome was. Before I had heard of imposter syndrome and the feelings of not feeling good enough. And I hadn't equated it to the anger that it shows up when I feel it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it feels like. Not just uselessness and not just helplessness, but like, fuck. <laughs> what am I doing that's not enough, you know? For the next few months, every time Stacy would get a new show or like some sort of exhibition or mural or whatever things that she had sold online, I would feel echoes of this envy. And it's, it's funny that Stacy was the catalyst for this feeling because I knew other people who were in this show and I didn't feel that envy towards them. Maybe it's because I thought her work was so good. I still think her work is that good. She was the one that I fixated on. It's now towards the end of 2022, and I'm feeling a lot less of this imposter syndrome towards Stacy than I used to. And I want to share with you how I was able to tamper that feeling and turn it into something healthier than the doubt and the anger that was on my brain every time I looked at Stacy's art or thought about this particular art show that happened. The first thing to do is to recognize the difference of what you're feeling. That jealousy, envy, and imposter syndrome have some overlap, but they're very different. Jealousy is defined as the feeling or showing envy of someone towards their achievements. Envy is feeling discontented or resentful longing, aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. And imposter syndrome is a collection of feelings that usually sum up in feeling inadequate, despite, despite success, despite achievement. So it's a chronic sort of self-doubt. So they're, they're a little bit different, but they, they blend a bit. So if you ever hear me use them interchangeably, it's because they are quite similar. I wasn't really jealous of Stacy. I was envious and I had imposter syndrome that I wasn't addressing on top of that. It wasn't that I wanted her to not have the success and the art shows and the sales and whatever. It was that I wanted them too. So you, you define that feeling and you're like, okay, now we have to take it apart and analyze it. Let's go through the thoughts I had. That big, like, immediate, really powerful, I can still feel it if I think about it too much, thoughts. Let's go through the first one. The, uh, who the fuck don't I know that I haven't even heard of this show? Who am I not talking to? So this one, <laughs> oof, right? This is a great question. It showcases my doubt in my networking ability, and it makes me second guess who I'm spending time with. The way to get around this question is to literally go on the website at the place that had the show and hosted the big indie art show, you know, and find all the organizers. From then, you go follow them on social media, you begin the process of building the relationship with them, and ask them to keep you in mind for future shows like this. Now, I will say that this show was really hard to find the organizers of. They were under corporations. Corporations is a strong word. I, I guess organizations, a charity, whatever. And finding the people who organized it and planned it was complicated and not easy. With other things that I felt this sort of envy towards, I had a lot easier time to find these people and make these connections. And just like that, I was able to turn my rage into a plan. And I felt better for being capable of thinking of that plan and taking it and executing it. For the future, when I feel like this, I remind myself that these things take time, that not all artist paths are the same or even linear, 
And a first great step is always just saying hello to the organizer, just being courteous, just saying hi. My second big thought that I had was, what am I doing wrong that this show, which must have taken months to plan, wasn't advertised to me? This, this sort of question calls into question of, um, you know, who am I surrounding myself with? Who are the people to follow on social media? What other opportunities are there out there like this that I'm missing? And the solve is to go backwards. So what I did is I went and I looked up all the artists who took part of the show, and I followed them online if I had it already been. I made a list of all these organizations and networking groups, and I signed up for as many art networks and email lists as I could find. The idea is you want to surround yourself with your inbox, your social media, and also literally the people around you with the kind of people who organize these things. When you make it easy for people to find you, then people find you easier. <laughs> You're like, obviously, Stephanie, but it's you want to make it convenient where when they think of, oh, who's an artist that could take part of this show? You think of Stephanie. You think of Stacy. You think of you, the listener. When you're too hard to find and you don't network, these things pass you by, like I've experienced this last summer. The second thing to think of is, what am I doing wrong that the show wasn't advertised to me? It's that I wasn't doing anything wrong. It wasn't advertised to me because they didn't do much advertising. They got a sponsor for a local newspaper, but the newspaper didn't run an advertisement for it till much later. And I don't subscribe to that newspaper, right? It was like they, they advertised the show like a week before the show was happening. Despite that, the show had an amazing turnout. There was like a line around the block to get in, but it, um, it didn't have really great advertising. And the people who were planning it kept pretty hush about it, which is interesting. That's, that wasn't my fault that I didn't know about it. But it is something for me to think about in the sense that what things are happening and being organized that people aren't talking about early enough. And a pro tip, if you are organizing an event and you're like, it's going to happen in two months and it's going to be great, but you don't tell anybody about it till like a, m a week before the event, then you're going to have less turnout because people don't know it happens. Ta-da! <laughs> but uh, back to my jealousy. By having these sort of solves, by looking backwards and surrounding myself with as many art networks as I can find, when I look at these feelings I have and I make a concrete plan that answers those specific questions, even in anger, I feel that feeling a lot less. I go from reacting to the situation to creating action to the situation. And then I, I don't lose my brain. <laughs> the third question that I asked myself when I was in the pits of rage <laughs> was, Am I not good enough that several people I know who are in this show didn't even consider to ask me to be a part of it? One of the most constant stories that the brain tells itself is that we are not meeting our own expectations. I have ambition in spades. I am an overachiever. I'm a perfectionist. I give myself a lot to live up to. And when I fall short of being perfect, I honestly, I punish myself for it. When I am not feeling well and I make a painting and it's not good, I feel worse because I, I hold myself to such high standards. It's something I'm working on. It's something I'm trying to let go of, of trying to be perfect, but it shows up in many aspects of my life. And the, am I not good enough? That other people didn't talk to me about this? The, the rest of the sentence doesn't matter. It's the, am I not good enough that matters? And I have to define what being good enough means. The solve to this is figuring out where is the ceiling 
of perfection. What does it mean to be good enough? So when you ask yourself in, in your jealousy, in your imposter syndrome, I'm not good enough, what does that literally granularly mean? What is success in your brain? What would your life look like if you were good enough? When does satisfaction come in? So basically when I got home from that event that summer and after a week had gone by and I talked to my coach, I, I sat down and I wrote a list of what it did mean for me to be good enough to myself. And when I wrote down my definition of success, I saw the comparisons I was making towards Stacy that I was making towards myself. And when I looked at Stacy's work, I thought, that's the successful artist. That's an artist that has made it because that's what I had created in my brain. I was like, no wonder I felt jealous towards her because she had what my brain thought of success. Not what she thought thinks of success, but what, what I had put upon her. <laughs> I'm able to look at Stacy's paintings now and feel happiness. And I'm able to see news of her new shows or whatever she's doing and feel excited for her. And I'll comment good things on her work and I'll, I'll do things like that. And it, it bothers me a lot less. S simply having those moments of, okay, what's my plan to help myself overcome these feelings? What's my plan to help me get around I'm not good enough? What is my definition of success? I feel, I feel good when I look at Stacy's work now because I've taken apart that, that instinctual feeling of I want this and I've taken it off of her so that my jealousy is not no longer projected onto her as an object, but I can see her as another artist, as a colleague even. My definition of success is consistently selling my artwork to my collectors and to new clients. It's to have shows once a year where I can let my artwork be in public for people to enjoy. It's that my artwork allows me to have long-term happiness. Success with my artwork means that I get to make artwork for decades more, like a long, long, long time. I want to be doing this when I'm in my 80s. So, you know, another 50 years would be nice. <laughs> Success is finding happiness in my daily practice. After I wrote down my little list here of what success means to me, because before it was like, well, if I'm not in a museum, then then that's not successful. And if I'm, I'm not having a gallery show, then that's not successful. And if I'm not being, you know, seen by every other artist and known, that's not successful. Like it's after you write what your definition of success is, you have to break down what your definition of success used to be and reframe it. Otherwise, it'll linger in your head. Sometimes people show signs of imposter syndrome towards me. And I was gonna like have a segment of what I do when people start to feel like that. But the, the truth is, is that if people start to feel that way towards you and your artwork, that's on them to solve. If they, if they feel like, oh, your work is just so good, why should I even bother painting or whatever, that's, that's for them to figure out. And if they lay it on you, that's either something you choose to ignore or you say something similar to like, I really love cowboy westerns. They're just so great. And when, when I, I don't think I've ever once said that, you know, ah, yes, 
there is exactly as many cowboy westerns out there that there needs to be. Not a single one more. There's plenty. Just enough. You don't have to make another one because they're already out there. No one ever says that. I want more cowboy westerns. I want lots of them. Please, make more cowboy westerns. And by cowboy westerns, I mean paintings. <laughs> if you're in the middle of feeling imposter syndrome, that you can't make art because other people have made art, or you're not good enough because you're not getting into shows, that's mine, <laughs> or you're not in the right networks and you don't know how to get in the right networks, or like your artwork is just not good enough to even apply to an art show, or it's not good enough. If I get 10 good paintings, then I can start applying to things and anything before that will just not be worth it. <laughs> if, you're, if you're having these imposter syndrome feelings, I... I recommend taking apart each of those feelings, like write them down in a list and look at them as if someone was telling these things to you. I would then find the most simplest of question that you're asking about yourself or statement. And it's not, why am I not good enough that these, you know, these people haven't invited me to this art show that the simplest of questions is, why am I not good enough? And then you need to write down reasons why you are good enough. And what does good enough mean to you? I feel like a lot of times you feel imposter syndrome because of social media. And that was definitely the case for me, that I made it worse for myself <laughs> during that art show in the summer. And for a couple of weeks, I actually stopped using Instagram. I needed to reset my brain so I could feel like I could have success again. And I could feel calm when I went on social media. And I could feel like I was doing something worthwhile instead of just feeding the envy. I have come up with a strategy for myself for when I do go to an art show, because I'm sure this will happen again, <laughs> that if I'm feeling envy at this art show, I have a system to help me bring myself back to the present. And it's, it's little, it's short. The, the key is, can I remember to ask myself this question? And my tool is, can I find something blue? By taking my brain from that anger and that resentment, and I focus it on, can I find something blue somewhere in the room that I'm at? Whether it's someone's denim, it's a piece of art on the wall, it's the sky outside, whatever it is. And then I find it, and then I focus on it. I'm able to take a, like, a couple of seconds, even, and just meditate on that color and bring myself back to the present, which is someone who is excited for other people to have art shows, who is excited for other people to find success, and not just berating myself for not being there yet. When I look at the paintings I have of Stacy's now, I feel joy again. I feel happiness, and I feel, oh, how cool would it be to do a collaboration with her someday, and maybe even get her on the podcast sometime. <laughs> and Whenever I see that she's just like exploding popularity or doing something where her like vanity metrics go up or whatever, I I think of, you know, every every artist in Seattle that's doing well is a bonus for every other artist in Seattle. When when artists do well, they support their whole community and it's exciting. Have you ever felt envy or jealousy or imposter syndrome? What was your like catalyst for that feeling what's what's something that triggers that in you i'm i'm curious and if you want to 
send it to me in a DM or put it in the comments here on my website. That would be, that'd be interesting. It's important to talk about these things. And I think when we don't talk about the negatives, then it just seems like everything is sunshine and butterflies, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's just not the truth. It's not. I hope that this episode has been helpful and thank you for listening to my story, even though writing this out and reading this out has been uncomfortable for me. <laughs> All right, friends and foes, make good choices, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye!